This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. The curtain's been raised, the new season is here and on the evidence of what we've seen at Wembley, it seems this year Liverpool and Man City are ready to go toe-to-toe once more. It may have ended in a penalty shootout defeat to City, but Jurgen Klopp's Reds certainly put Pep Guardiola's men to the sword, enjoying more possession, shots and chances. After Joel Matip headed in to cancel out Raheem Sterling's first half goal, it took a defensive piece of brilliance to deny Mo Salah late on, with Kyle Walker performing an acrobatic goal line clearance, which still has many of us scratching our heads. This is Post Game. I'm Guy Clark, and over the next half hour or so, we'll bring you all the reaction you need from Wembley. Ian Doyle will deliver his post-match verdict. You'll hear Jurgen Klopp's thoughts from his press conference, and of course, we'll hear from you, the fans. Well, let's get into it then, and straight to the Liverpool Echoes Liverpool reporter Ian Doyle with his analysis of the match. Well, we're here at Wembley. The Community Shield has taken place, and Liverpool have lost the first of seven trophies even on offer for Liverpool this season. They lost it on penalty by penalty shootout. Uh, Gini Van Alden was the only player who missed from the spot. Uh, the other nine were all scored uh, after a 1-1 draw. And to be honest, it was a it was a very entertaining game. You know, I've been to quite a few of these games. I'm sure you've watched them in the past. Whereby pretty forgetful encounters, forgettable encounters rather. Uh, this time though, both teams were absolutely going for it. They both saw it as a chance to put down an early marker, an early statement for what's likely to be a very long battle between uh, Liverpool and Manchester City throughout the course of the season. Not just in the Premier League, of course, but also in the Champions League. Uh, Manchester City, though, started very, very well. Liverpool, we've spoken quite a lot uh, during the summer about their slow starts, then the defending. They went behind in five successive friendlies and they did it again uh, today here at Wembley. Raheem Sterling scoring after 12 minutes. Bit of a mix-up in the Liverpool defence. They kind of turned off at, uh, at a free kick, weren't really paying attention, and it allowed Sterling to come in, score his first ever goal against Liverpool since leaving the club. Uh, and then there were one or two other chances where City could easily have scored. Alison Becker at home for he made a slight error uh, for the opening goal, made a couple of good saves. Uh, but in, in the second half, whatever Jurgen Klopp said to his players made a massive difference because. They were by far the better team. Even in the first half, Liverpool had chances. Mohamed Salah hit the post. He hit the post again in the second half. Virgil van Dijk hit the post, uh, and then he was bounced down just on the line. Shades of Sadio Mane uh, at the Etihad back in January. And then, of course, there was in the I'm sure you've all seen it in the, the last seconds of injury time. Mohamed Salah is in header, and then cleared spectacularly off the line by Kyle Walker. So, while it's sad that for Liverpool that they've not won a trophy, as I say, you know, it was the first of the seven that they could go for. I don't think they'd be too downhearted. There were certainly good individual performances when you look at the forward line. Salah looked very sharp, Roberto Firmino looked sharp. Interestingly as well, as well the substitutes who came on, Naby Keita made a difference, Adam Lallana did, and Joel Matip, who was the one who uh, got the equaliser again, it was very similar to the Manchester City goal. Jordan Henderson puts a free kick in, deep to the far post, helped back a uh, cross goal by Virgil van Dijk, and then headed in by Joel Matip, only his fourth goal in 99 games for the, for the club. Uh, and uh, for him, quite interested in a way but in seeing his inside 10 competitive minutes he's con- contributed his first assist which was for the uh, goal from Dimitri Carigi in the Champions League final and then he gets a goal at Wembley so it's good for him Liverpool overall though they'll, they'll be fairly content with the way this game went on the bench there was no uh, James Milner he had a, a slight precaution he was sorry he had a slight muscle issue Liverpool didn't want to test him but there was no Rian Brewster there wasn't any space for him but also no space for Harry Wilson so it'll be interesting to see how it pans out for him because the transfer deadline's coming up on Thursday maybe this may have a bearing over what he wants to do with his future whether Liverpool want to let him go but Liverpool as a final hit out for the season I think they're more or less ready for Norwich on Friday 
The Liverpool Echoes Liverpool reporter Ian Doyle with his post-match verdict here on Post Game. Well, let's now get to the boss, Jurgen Klopp, who's been holding his post-match press conference and began by discussing whether, from a manager's point of view, he thinks there's a need for a longer summer break. I thought I said everything about that already, but... Um, so, um, having more, um, more breaks, having period without games is not important for us manager. It's not like that, so I have enough time for everything. I, I don't work physically, really. Um, that's all good. It's not about uh, the amount of hours you work. That it's a, it's a physical work what the boys are doing, and on top it's contact sport. means each little, and the things we cannot judge before, medicine and sports science is not that far, that they tell us about a player's in danger before he is in danger. And a lot of injuries happen in the moment when a, when a player becomes tired and the body doesn't react as the body should react in that moment. And that's a, that's a massive, that's a problem. So how can we make sure that, that, is, um, that the boys have this time? And people will say, and yeah, make the squad bigger. That's just not possible because football is about a team building and you cannot tell the players, yes, we have now four weeks off and we play with the other 20. That's a completely different situation. It's a lot. To, if we only bring 11 players together and let them play, um, without that kind of belief um, that being a better group than maybe the other team um, can make you help you win the next game, even if they are stronger, that just doesn't work. We cannot do it like this. In, in, in the biggest sports, I would say, in America, they have all these, they play a lot of games like hockey in America, whatever, and all this stuff. Um, that's, um, but they have really long breaks then. And then they start again. That's how it is. You can play a long period, but then there's, there should be a break. And I think people sh- should start um, being a bit concerned about it because it became more and more and more. And the difference to the good old days is um, the pressure from everywhere on the boys is much is, is completely different. And the game, and that's more, even more important, the game became much quicker than it used to be. And um, so all what you do with speed makes you a bit more um, or easier to affect from any influence from outside. So and, um, each challenge is a, is a difficult. That's one thing. The other thing is, and yes, the clubs have to think as well. It's not only the FA and stuff like this. We all have to think about it. It's not, I don't blame anybody and change it. But um, it's about um, um, having a proper preseason because, again, each sportsman in the world needs a preparation. If you are Olympic, if you go for Olympic Games and you have not preparation for it, you don't have to go there. But it's only one big event and then maybe two weeks of recovery and then you start again training and all these things. And for us, it's always, we have these, these highlights every three days, the top teams. Then, and now we, we, we come to a point which I, which I spoke about um, in the past, when everybody was so happy about the Nations League, um, it's just, then you have come, because they play that because they want to make the years without European Cup or Euro, uh, European Championship or World Cup more interesting. Who needs more interesting competitions in world football? That's just not necessary. So we, we have enough interest. And with people, maybe some people out there, you or whoever, if you, if you would miss football for three, four weeks a year and think, wow, it would be nice if there could be a game. That would not be, we don't die because of that. It's not a whole week, a week without football, I cannot survive. It would have a lot of relationships at home, probably, that you don't watch every second day any important game so that's it and that the, the, the importance that we have to play the games because the money is there we need yes 
we earn the money, that's true, but we need the money as well to keep it going. We need the money to, to keep the quality on highest level. It doesn't work differently. So, go. so we have to think how can we, how can we keep the place in the best competition and um, 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 uh, the best um, physical situation. And um, it's, it's really like this. If you give all of us a six-week period to, for pre-season, we all change football. Because then we play three different systems, then we do this. That makes it all more exciting, we have, because then we have time for doing it. So now we have <laughs> um, a very short period with all players together. With this team who played here today, to, out there, which played really well, we will talk about that as, afterwards as well, but um, we had exactly five days training with exactly that group. So, and now if you involve new players and stuff like this, what we didn't do this year so far, so means that then that's even more difficult. And so that's the situation. But then again, the pressure is there. Then they say, okay, then rotate. And who? We cannot only rotate for rotation. We have to win football games. And we have to bring our best players on the pitch. And we cannot say, yeah, today it's not so important. And it's Premier League. Wherever you go, it's a proper fight. And good. It's good. So like this. It's really good like this. That's what makes it, the, the the Premier League so exciting. But on the other side, our, our, the jewels we deal with are the players. So I don't need one week more off a year, but the players need it. In the long term especially, that's how it is. And we have to make sure that the guys who decide about these things, that they get more and more sensitive. I'm not sure if I'm the only one who's talking about it, but I still will. Yeah, okay, but that's that, that that's because we, it's not about us once again. And we don't and we ask our players for so much. Why are we look like um outside on the sideline when we when, when they are tired and stuff like this. So we used to tell them go again. We don't pack them like in soft cotton or whatever and say, Oh, it's all good. So they deliver day in and day out. And it's a different job to do than any other job because it's constantly physically and if you train four hours a day um, what the boys have, even when they train only once a day, it's exactly the time we, we are then training, that we, because we have different things to do, then it's exactly as you cannot train eight hours a day. It's just not possible. As much as people want us to do that, it's not possible. Human beings are not made for that. Yes, there are different sports, like swimming, where they train in the morning before they go into university, like two hours and they go back. There's no contact. If they are there, they don't have contact. If they are in a down period, they don't face any other swimmer and get a knock from him. It's just different. There are more intense lifestyles, let me say like this, for different, in, in different sports where they don't earn that much money. That's all true. But the game is like it is. The game is like it is. And, it's, and we have just to make sure that the boys are always in the best way prepared. And we try everything. We try absolutely everything to, to make sure that that's the case. But obviously a bit of help would not be a big problem. Yeah. Absolutely. Completely happy about it. Completely happy about the full performance. I said before the game, if you want to be prepared for Man City, you have to make a preseason game against Man City. Otherwise you, you can't no no team plays like them. That's how it is. So and um so you saw that in a few moments in the first half. Uh, when they can do what they what they do, we were, we, we struggled a little bit positioning-wise, but that's normal. So the, the biggest the biggest threat were pretty much the long balls from Bravo in behind, where our last line was not a line. Um, and um, so there were the first two balls, I think. The third ball was dangerous as well with um, Sané on the other side, or, or was always Sané, I think. So that makes it difficult. 
But that's how they stretched our formation. And then when, when you expect these balls and they played in between it with, um, and in the half spaces, so that's um, pretty tricky. We could have had a bit better positioning, as I said. We, we changed that for second half, what helped us a lot. And then second half, of course, it's about um, will and all that stuff. And um, it's always that's another thing in preseason. Um, you you fill your body with all these um, physical informations, and but you are not used to it after five, four, five weeks that you really can go over that point. And we went over that point today, and then and then we were really nobody felt tired anymore. Then they could really go, and I like that a lot. And football-wise, second half was just really, really good. Um, best way you can play against City. They are in early stages as well. That's how it is. Uh, they will be in a different shape um, in a couple of weeks for sure. But um, having this, um, the amount of chances we had today is a very good sign for us. Absolutely. I like the game. I don't like the result, um, but I like the game a lot. And so for us, it was, it was today very, very important. Okay. Yes, and then we'll get to Rob. We will try everything. We will. Try, I think um, the best is not as important. Uh, not that much important. What I could say, but what the boys showed today, I thought they looked pretty hungry. So it doesn't mean that it will work out then, but uh, we fought today um, after all the, the things were, what were said about the, the competition. Um, both teams wanted to win it desperately. I saw that and I was I'm fine with that. I, my, my team is not in doubt about being satisfied or whatever and stop, stop working, stop running. Um, the character of that team is still incredibly good. We had a difficult preseason, but the boys did what they had to do and were affected by it. And then we played football games against really good teams, and that didn't feel too good. So it was very important that we had this, that we all gave ourselves and our supporters as well the sign of the performance today. And, and now let's carry on. Okay, Rob. Um, before the game, there's been a focus on the fact that Liverpool fans booed the national anthem. Do you see that as do you hear it? Do you think it's disrespectful? I don't think that I'm the right person to speak about it, I, but I know a little bit about the history. Actually, I know a lot about the history of the club, but it's um, not about me to judge that. But um, I think, wow, I know the Liverpool supporters, they are outstandingly respectful. And um, and if they show, give that sign, then it might be, the reason for that might be a bit in the past, um, I would guess. But I can nothing else say about that. Okay, Chris, and then final couple of guys. I would say yes. It was a minor muscle uh, injury, but um, yeah, I, I would say probably you can train tomorrow. I'm not 100% sure for today. It was not. It was not. Okay. It didn't work out. But um, yeah, at least Tuesday he can train. Okay, final question, gentlemen. You are not happy that you were scheduled to play on Friday, but on the other hand, you have to take that day from having Chelsea before the Super Cup. The world out there is really difficult for a football manager. The question was. I, I was completely happy with the Friday game. I didn't think a second about it until somebody asked me about it. And he asked me if I think it's a good idea that we play the Friday game. I said, Oof. And I was honest, and that's a problem in this world. I said, oh, if you ask me, I would have preferred to play Saturday or Sunday because Sadio Mane is coming back on Monday. We had the last game of the season. I was not a second angry or was moaning or whatever. The problem is only that you can do with my answers whatever you want and nobody 
criticize you because the headline is out there and until somebody could be really worried about it, it's already forgotten. I'm fine with Friday and I'm fine with the time we have until Chelsea. Am I overly happy that we then have only three days against Southport against Southampton game? No, but it's a situation and I cannot change it. I don't even think about it. That's how it is. So we come back from Istanbul and play on Saturday, I think. Is it Saturday or Sunday? I don't even know. Saturday, look, um, we played in Southampton. All these games will be incredibly difficult, but it's our schedule and we never moaned about a schedule. It's just ask me questions, you get an answer, and obviously you can make with the answer whatever you want. And then ask me again about the headline somebody else created. Uh, yeah, it's not always the pure joy of my life, obviously. <laughs> Jurgen Klopp there fielding questions in his post-match press conference. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Now to you, the fans, and what you made of today's game. Coming up, we'll hear from Matt, but we'll begin with Ross in witness. Thank God football's back. Even though it only seems like five minutes that we were celebrating in Madrid, football is back. And it was an enjoyable game today. It was the Chelsea Shield, love for grabs. City started the better side. We looked a little bit ropey at the back. Trent Arnold didn't have a great game in that first half. But as we, it's, it's, it's the old cliche, as we always say, it's, it is technically a friendly, this game. We've not had a great pre-season, but pre-season doesn't mean a thing. It's nothing to do with results. Yeah, it helps if you get the wins and some of the boys are getting goals. And It's all about fitness, it's all about shape. Um, we started the game and we weren't in the best shape, so it was a little bit worrying, but we picked up well. They put in a good shift. I thought Salah... Considering he's not really been involved in pre-season and always involved in African nations till late on, he was he was brilliant. Salah today, he was really looked really really lively, looked really fit as well. Considering the lack of pre-season, obviously he looks after himself. All players do these days, but he, he was great. A lot of moaning from Man City, which was real tough to watch. Every little challenge, the rolling round on the floor, you know, Peps. Shouting and balling on the pitch. I mean, the good challenges getting put on by some of our players. The one where uh, Guardiola got booked, it's had embarrassing from Guardiola because it was a good challenge by Gomez. Won the ball. Don't see what all the fuss was about. But in a way, that shows the level of respect that City have got for us. They're worried about us. I think they're worried about us this season. We haven't made the signings. I understand that. But maybe. You know, we trust in Klopp, maybe he knows we don't need to. We've got a few coming back from injuries. If we can keep all our players fit, we are a match. I think we proved it there in that second half. We were brilliant in the second half, absolutely battered them in the second half. And great to see Matip getting the goal. One of my favourite plays from last season with his crazy runs that he goes on. But it was a, you know, used his height today with his header, gets the, gets the equaliser. And I don't know how we didn't get that winner. Uh, there was the one cleared off the line uh, from Salah. Salah hit the post numerous times, I think. So, and it was really, really enjoyable in that second half. The intensity went up. Great. Really, really, really enjoyed it. Obviously, a little bit annoying to lose the penalty shootout, and it would have been nice to be the one celebrating, but all in all, it doesn't, it, it doesn't really matter on the season. We've proved our point. We are in it again this season. We're going to be in it for the long haul. And I just can't wait for the first game of the season now. Not long to go. Friday, Norwich, and it all starts again. And I think if we keep everyone fit, we're going to be in it for the long haul. 
Come on, Liverpool. Hello, it's Matt Addison outside of Wembley Stadium for the post-match podcast following the Community Shield. The Reds might have lost on penalties in the end, but there were plenty of positives to take from the match. In the first half, I thought it was very much like a pre-season game in terms of the atmosphere and in terms of the Liverpool performance. In that second 45, though, the Reds were a completely different team. It was a poor goal to concede defensively. Seemed to go under Allison a bit as well, but I think the main blame has to lie with the defence that let Raheem Sterling shoot from so close to the goal, completely, um, completely unmarked in the centre there. Sterling was always going to score against the Reds at some point, sooner rather than later, and I'd rather it was in the community shield than in a much more important match. I thought Joe Gomez struggled early on at the back, but he quickly got better. It probably wasn't a coincidence that that happened soon after Leroy Sane left the pitch through injury. Strangely, I actually thought Joe Gomez did better at right back than he did in the centre. And with Nathaniel Klein out and brilliant Joel Matip to squeeze into the team as well, it could be something that Jurgen Klopp looks to do a bit more often in future. In the first half, I thought Liverpool lacked sharpness up front, certainly in contrast to Sterling and Bernardo Silva in particular. That's understandable for Salah and Firmino, but Divo Carigi with a full pre-season under his belt has to be doing a little bit better. Even after what he did last season, he is still slightly frustrating, slightly inconsistent for my liking. I thought the midfield as well was too static. I thought at half-time, Naby Keita needed to come on and give Liverpool a bit more on the ball, a bit more confidence and the ability to dribble past players at will, as he so often can when he's at his best. It wasn't quite to happen. Uh, He didn't come on straight away at half-time, but once he did come on, I thought you saw the difference that he can bring to this team. The second half generally, just overall, was much, much better. A complete contrast to the first half, and in fact a role reversal between the two teams. Where Liverpool were lethargic and tired in the first half, that was exactly how City looked in the second. I thought Kevin De Bruyne was fantastic, but he seemed to tire in the second half, and when he's not at his best, Manchester City aren't either. As I said before, I thought Joel Matip was fantastic. He came on and suddenly looked so strong and so sharp, which he didn't do early on in his Liverpool career. But certainly the second half of last season, he was fantastic. Hopefully he can match those performances in this coming season. Adam Lallana as well off the bench. He looked fit, he looked strong. How long will that last for? Nobody knows, but I thought he helped change the game a little bit with his little bursts forward with the ball. His vision and like Naby Keita, his confidence on the ball. Sometimes you just need a player who can take control of a match, control the tempo and help force City back. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain looked far more sharp than he has done recently in pre-season, which is great. And Mo Salah lasted the full 90 minutes, which is perfect just in time for that Norwich game next weekend. The result was ultimately disappointing today, but the reality is that there are far more important matches to come, starting at Anfield against Norwich on Friday night. The main thing was that after a poor pre-season in terms of performances, the Reds started to look much more like themselves. Some feared a hammering from Manchester City today, but that certainly never looked like proving to be the case. Matt and Ross with their take on today's game and thanks to all of those who have got in touch with us on the Blood Red Podcast Facebook group as well. Alex Horton says it was a good second half, but again, the first half was poor. Trent Alexander-Arnold's having a tough time at right back so far. Still a good game. And Nathan Madsen said thought Bobby and Allison looked really good. Well, post-game is back for the new season and as always, we want your views here on the podcast. The Blood Red Podcast returns for the final say on the weekend's action on Monday, But we'll be back after the opening Premier League game against Norwich next Friday. To take us out, though, we'll hear from Owen and Alex. But first, it's Simon Donnelly. As I have said time and time again in this podcast and also in um, I believe at this level, at this high level that Liverpool play at, at the top of the Premier League, 
Um, I'm a big believer in marginal gains and I'm a big believer in that the smallest things can make a big difference over the uh, over the, the, the length of the, the league. And this is why I was very nervous today before this Community Shield. I was very nervous that City would beat us fair and square, beat us one or two nil, three nil, something like that. And that would be enough, I think, to give them a big psychological advantage going into this season. They would come away from that subconsciously thinking, we've got them, we know how to beat them. And I think that would get into their heads and get into our heads and make a bit of a difference. Thankfully, it didn't go that way. I thought, certainly in the second half, we were by far the better team. And if it weren't for a quite miraculous uh, goal line clearance by Kyle Walker, probably the best I've ever seen, I think we'd have won that trophy. Um, I know it's friendly and at the end of the day, does it matter? Does it not matter? I think the, the, the most important aspect is the psychological advantage that could have been gained had City put us to the sword today. But thank goodness they didn't. I uh, I now feel a little bit more confident that we're going to be back up there fighting this season um, because I was a little bit concerned about the fact that we hadn't spent big and bought even one player that made us sit up and go, wow. But I suppose the fact remains we've got the Ox back. We've got Lalana fit again. Um, we've got Rian Brewster coming through. And all in all, a positive day's work. Although we didn't win, we let Man City know we're still around and they're going to have a fight on their hands this season. Can't wait for next Friday night. I think we'll demolish Norwich. Hello, Alex Watt from Did It Cross The Line podcast. And yeah, that game lived up to the hype, didn't it? Um, Second half especially was incredible, I thought. Um... Disappointed, obviously, that Liverpool were unable to get the win. Um, also disappointed that we had to lose to a near 50-year-old man wearing cargo pants. But personally, I feel very positive coming out of that match. And hopefully a lot of other Reds fans do as well. Um, it was definitely a game of two halves, to use that old cliche. But Liverpool undoubtedly got better as the game went on. You know, you had loads of moments near the end, like Van Dijk that chance hitting the bar when it nearly crossed the line, Salah hitting the post, then Salah nearly won it at the end, but Kyle Walker made that unbelievable goal line clearance to, to keep it a 1-1. Um, and yeah, we, we definitely grew into the game. You know, We looked a different team in the last half hour, more what we would have wanted to see. Um, and considering how much this game doesn't matter, supposedly I definitely hurt my arm when I celebrated Matip's equaliser a bit too enthusiastically um, and look I'm sure people will say City were maybe the better team for more of the match certainly in the first half but there's no doubt Liverpool were the better team and looked the more likely to score a winner at the end and that's a real positive you know admittedly we won't be able to make five substitutions when we next play Man City but I do think that's really positive and exciting that Liverpool started to look back to their best at the end of the game you know the worry in the first half was how much sharper City looked at times I thought Trent in particular was uncharacteristically sloppy today um, and the back line got exposed a bit too easily at times Um, that 1v1 Sterling had with Alisson stands out but 
We do have to remember this is still essentially pre-season for Liverpool because of the players who've been unavailable to Klopp until the last few days. And I think that really showed in how Liverpool got better and better as the game went on. You know, obviously it came down to penalties at the end. And at that point, to me, it felt like it didn't really matter if we won or lost. You know, the fact that we'd started a bit poorly and grown into the game and ended up looking the most likely to win was a huge thing. Obviously, I'd have preferred to have won it, but I think after the game and how close it ended up being, there's no real psychological boost for Man City coming out of that with the trophy. And, you know, if we're classing that as a pre-season game, it's a hell of a way for our players to get up to speed and up their fitness ahead of Friday's opener against Norwich. Um, And we saw how Liverpool grew into the season last season, so I don't think there's anything major to worry about really I think there's loads of positives to take from today I know some supporters were concerned with us not bringing in a big player in the transfer window um although transfer window's not over yet so you never know but I think the team looked really good all over the pitch I thought the front three looked lively you know Salam Firmino in particular were great they didn't look tired they were full of running full of skills full of chances um I guess the main concern was just the defence being too exposed at times and that right side getting exploited a bit too often with the diagonal balls from Man City. But you'd expect Klopp will hammer those issues out, you know, for the season. And without any disrespect to Norwich, I don't think they're going to be able to exploit those areas in the same way City did on Friday. Um, And also when Klopp switched up the defensive midfield in the second half, there were clear improvements. So... I think he's going to have a lot to think about as well in terms of the starting eleven on Friday, especially whether to go with Gomez and Van Dijk at centre-back or whether he should stick with how we finish the game with Matip and Van Dijk uh, in the middle and then Gomez at right-back. So that'll be interesting to keep an eye on. But coming out of that, personally, I feel pretty confident going into the season on the back of that performance. I know there's been a bit of doom and gloom in some quarters because of the pre-season, because of the lack of kind of signing a big player, but I would hope today's performance has reminded a lot of Liverpool fans just how good this team actually is, especially with that second half performance and yeah, it was just a fantastic game to kick off the season. I think on this evidence we're looking at a hell of a title race again this season. So we're going to have lots of fun as Liverpool fans. We're going to have lots of stress all over again by the looks of it, which I guess is something to look forward to in a way. So here's the kicking off the season properly on Friday with a big win. Up the Reds. Cheers. Hi, this is Owen from Cop On Podcast. The Septuple is off. Boo-hoo. Yet again we see the glint of domestic silverware sparkling off the top of Pep Guardiola's shiny head. But fear not, fellow Reds. Not only is the community shield utterly devoid of meaning, even Arsenal have won it three times in the past six years, but there are positives aplenty to preen from this slugfest. For example, the stats, the hard data. We had 17 shots to their eight, nine on target to their three. We hit the woodwork three times. We had 85% passing accuracy. Salah caused havoc throughout. Firmino displayed a touch as feathery as an owl's ear hole. 
Gomez, besides an early error, was very, very solid. Van Dyke, as imperious as ever. Robertson was superb again. I could go on. I could go on. In fact, I will go on. I'll go on with the positives. Here, in my view, are the main three from today. First, the key point of pre-season, as everybody in football will attest, is to get fit. And our players look as fit as fiddles on the whole, perhaps even fitter like a Stradivarius. We got stronger and stronger as City wilted in the London fog, and that was very heartening to see. Secondly, Pep Guardiola, as much as it bothers him for anyone to mention it, has spent 550 million since 2016. That's 550 million pounds since 2016. He should be out of sight when you think about it, but he's not. And this is what bothers him more, I think. He's firmly in the firing line of Jürgen's magic red blunderbuss. And when you think about it, that's incredible, given our measly comparative finances. And lastly, uh, after a summer that has seemed like several eons and ice ages have passed, uh, the hugely positive thing is that the season is pretty much upon us once more and we look ready we look ready my brothers and sisters the sextuple is still on you've been listening to the blood red podcast from the liverpool echo